If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Today we're going to meet the prophet Elijah, and we'll see a competition between a fake God and the true God. Want to guess who wins? Thanks for tuning in to The Bible Brief. We've mentioned the idea of sovereignty a few times in this series so far, and we're going to briefly talk about it again here, because we should never lose from our minds the overarching sovereignty of God. That God can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. And God is the king of all things, and kings have the right to do whatever they want, whenever they want, in the territory where they're king. Since God's territory is all things, he has all rights to exercise his sovereignty. And remember, subordinate sovereignty can be granted by God. That's what he's been doing for a long time. One of the things God can and apparently wants to do is give his creatures a measure of freedom to make their own decisions for good or bad. These decisions can be as great as the worthy sacrifice of Abel and as bad as the murder of Abel by his brother Cain. As great as David's face-off against Goliath and as bad as David's adultery with Bathsheba. And here, as the rebellion in the northern kingdom continues, we see the kings use their rule to lead the northern tribes away from God. Away from God's law, toward fake gods, toward idols, and eventually to ruin. Eventually, one of these kings is even compared to the first king, Jeroboam, that we learned about in our last episode. And this king does even worse things than Jeroboam. Listen to this from 1 Kings chapter 16. Ahab, the son of Amri, began to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Amri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than all who were before him. And as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, he took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. He erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made an Asherah. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Essentially, ever since Jeroboam, things had gotten worse and worse. And so far, in the northern kingdom of Israel, Ahab is the pinnacle of this badness. He marries a non-Israelite. He sets up an altar for the fake god Baal, and he worships Baal. And he builds more items for false worship. You can bet that this makes God angry. And in response, God sends a prophet. And this prophet is named Elijah. Let's hear his introduction. Now Elijah the Tishbite said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Kareth, which is east of the Jordan River. Okay, so Elijah simply says that it won't rain until Elijah says so. And he says this in the name of the true God. This will essentially be proof that Yahweh is the true God instead of the false gods that Ahab and his wife Jezebel had led the northern kingdom to worship. And then God tells Elijah to go and hide himself for a while. And then we read, 
Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. So Elijah hides himself by this brook Kareth until it dries up because of the lack of rain, and then he heads for Zarephath, which is a city north of the kingdom of Israel, to stay with a particular widow whom God had picked out to house Elijah. These short narratives begin a series of miracles that are then accomplished by God for Elijah. Miracles that demonstrate the power of God. These include bread and meat brought to Elijah by ravens, continual bread and oil provided for the household of the widow where he stays in Zarephath, and the first resurrection recorded in the Bible, where Elijah raises the widow's son from the dead. But despite all these amazing miracles, we're going to focus on a miracle that calls back to something we've seen before. We're going to see fire come from heaven again. After this period that he spends with the widow in Zarephath, God tells Elijah to go back to the northern kingdom. And soon we see Elijah set up a challenge, a sort of proof, where God will show himself to the people, lest they think Baal could actually make it rain again. After all, it hadn't rained for about three years in Israel. So let's listen to Elijah's challenge. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bowls be given to us, and let them choose one bowl for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And then I will prepare the other bowl and lay it out on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of the Lord your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. And so the 450 prophets of Baal prepare a bull sacrifice and call upon the name of Baal from morning until noon. But the Bible says, There was no voice, and no one answered. Elijah even mocks them and says, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's musing, or he is relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. You can tell that Elijah isn't worried that Baal might actually answer. And the Bible repeats again that, No one answered. No one paid attention. Then it's Elijah's turn. It says this, Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bowl in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. Now before we see the response of God, I want to just briefly highlight something here. Elijah takes twelve stones for the twelve tribes of Israel. And then he reminds the people that God renamed Jacob to be Israel. Elijah is reminding the people of their identity, that God called them by Israel and that they belong with the other two tribes to the south. In the identity crisis brought on by sin, these people have forgotten who they are and where they came from. They've forgotten the God who called them out of Egypt, who gave them the law, who has saved them time and time again. And here, Elijah gives them a reminder. And then God provides an exclamation point 
Listen to this. Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. Yahweh, He is God. God graciously reminded the people of who they are, even though He didn't have to. He proved Himself by sending fire down from heaven to consume the sacrifice and everything else with it. This should remind us of what he had done many years prior with the temple in Jerusalem when it was being dedicated by Solomon. There we saw fire from heaven consume the sacrifice. God mercifully shows his power to his people, as he had done almost innumerable times before. Finally, after Elijah deals with the prophets of Baal, God sends rain again on the land. And while there's many more miraculous and interesting events in the life of Elijah, we simply have to keep moving. This story is going somewhere, and we're going to get there. Eventually, we're going to get to a man who doesn't just speak the words of God, but who is the word of God to the world. But we're not there yet. We should, however, note one more thing about Elijah. He is one of two humans in the Bible so far who did not have to experience physical death. So at the end of his ministry, God simply sends a fiery chariot from heaven to go get Elijah. Quite a remarkable ending for quite a remarkable prophet. But after Elijah comes a prophet who does even more miracles. His name is Elisha. He was an assistant to Elijah near the end of his prophetic ministry. And Elisha was given a double portion of Elijah's gifts. We see amazing things out of this prophet too, that due to our pace, we're also going to skip over for now. In fact, we're going to go all the way to the end of the northern kingdom's dominion. Many years after God had shown himself through these two great prophets to the northern kingdom, their opportunity for turning back had come to an end. Instead, they would be conquered by the Assyrian Empire, and the Bible provides a simple explanation. When God had torn Israel from the house of David, they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king. And Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them commit great sin. And the people of Israel walked in all the sins that Jeroboam did. They did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had spoken by all his servants, the prophets. So Israel was exiled from their own land to Assyria until this day. Jeroboam led a rebellion that eventually ended in exile. He set up fake gods with false priests, and the people, though they had the prophets sent to them by God, resisted God until finally he resisted them. God removed the kingdom of Israel from his sight. Now, having just flown through the history of the northern kingdom, we're going to turn south and go back. We're going to see what's been going on in the kingdom of Judah as we continue our jog through the Bible. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. You can find more Bible learning content like this on our Instagram. Just follow at Bible Lit or check out the show notes to this episode.
Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.